Hey, this is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Uh, my actual day job is a personal trainer and online personal trainer. And if you like what you've been hearing and need help and need help with accountability uh, with your workouts, uh, please see the podcast description for my email and reach out and uh, see if we can help you out and get you to your fitness goals. Other than that, enjoy the show. How's it going, everyone? This is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks. Uh, I have my new season co-star with me, uh, Andy Chan. How's it going, Andy? Hi, Brad. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. So, Andy, uh, what's what's your uh, philosophy on uh, movement? How important is that? Is How different is that than just functional training? Are they one and the same? What's, what's your uh, thoughts and theories on that? Well, Brad, just now, I think you touched on a very important point, and, and that is to work on agility, to work on sequencing, to work on the way that your daughter moves. Because actually, we, we all know that the greatest athletes are the ones who can move with fluidity and ease, right? If you look at LeBron James, for example, you know, he's 36, 37. And on the basketball court, you know, he's, he's one powerful guy. Yet, if you look at his movement, he, he's not rigid, right? You know, when he jumps on air, um, he, he moves quite well. And and so whenever I train people, I, I tell them that's what we ought to strive for um, because traditionally in the fitness industry, as you know, oh, let's do three sets of 15. And today I'm going to go into the gym. I'm just going to work on my pecs because I want a bigger chest for the ladies or for the whatever. And 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 yet we know it, it doesn't really translate to a better movement because so many times you see a lot of guys who are quite buff and good looking by by any measure, um, yeah. When they go on to the basketball court, they're just stiff like a robot. Nothing, yeah. So, yeah. So for me, I think movement-based approach is in the gym. We have to categorize different movements according to, or we have to divide it into different categories. And in the gym, we just work at those categories so that they can translate to sporting, um, to your sporting event. For example, right? Let's have some concrete example. Let's take basketball. So Steph Curry shooting a basketball. A lot of times. In the past, when you kind of dissect the movement, you, you, you're going to know that, okay, so first we're going to use our legs to do like a squat, and then we jump up, and then we know that the core, it kind of trans, transfers force, and then we finish the movement by using our triceps because we, you have to kind of direct the, the basketball. So inside the gym, what people would do is they might do the squatting machine because they, they think that by doing leg presses, they're going to jump higher. And then they might do some ab crunch because they think working on the abs will help them um, have a stronger core. And then they're going to do some tricep press down because they think that's going to help them shoot the basketball further. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But nothing can be further away from the truth because if you look at Steph Curry, you know, he's shooting from half court and making buckets without much effort. Like you look at him, he's just like, Two, and then it goes in. And that's because he's having the right sequence, right? We all know the best athletes are the ones who can use the ground well. Um, so what we ought to do in the gym is instead of working muscles in isolation, perhaps we'll have them do a squat to press. So they'll have a dumbbell in their hand, they'll do a squat, and then they press up. Because that way, they can learn to sequence uh, by using their, their feet first, and then using core to transfer, and then finishing the movement with their arms. So that's just an example of what movement-based training would be like. You know what? Um, I'm currently uh, I've had some back issues. I don't know if you've listened to my podcast in the in the past, but I've gone through a couple of surgeries and everything. So I've gone through some per, uh, physical therapists 
And uh, one that I'm going to now is, you know, basically kind of take me back to, to basics as a personal trainer and refresh my memory and all this stuff that you're talking about too. You know, first we have to heal, then I'm doing the basic, real basic stuff. And as I'm graduating, he's having me stop doing just the simple exercises. It's more of these compound, um, not just functional, but two to three things at the same time, like you're talking about, because you're just getting more bang for your buck per exercise. So to stop doing, you know, just chest press or just squats to, to add these other sequencing things in there. And Jesus, I haven't done that kind of training in a long time. And it's, it's hard and it doesn't take much weight or resistance or bands to, to feel the force on that. So I'm, I'm kind of refreshing on everything you're just saying right now. Yeah. I, and I think it's great that you're exploring different movements and, and I'd say, that's so on a day to day, I work with a lot of people over the age of 40, you know, as, as the podcast title suggests. And, and I'd say the, the one of the biggest challenges explaining to them how this is beneficial, because this, you know, is, is quite different to what they would previously think of the fitness industry, at least, at least the people that I know. And then a common question that people generally ask is, where should I be feeling? Right, because if you assume that isolated muscle training, if I know what type of machine I'm doing, then I know which which muscle group uh, specifically I'm, I'm working. But yeah. if your physical therapist is asking you to do all these movements with different combinations, then theoretically you should feel everywhere. And yeah. and and I think that that concept is still a bit hard to wrap around for some of my athletes, especially the older ones. But um, everyone must know that this is actually much better for you in terms of kind of mimicking the movements that we do on a daily basis. Yeah. And not only that, but it's also so important for the, you know, the mind muscle connection, you know, you're going through these sequence of events and it, you know, to the normal person, you know, okay, he's doing everything you said. He's, he's doing the compound movements or three different sequences and all that kind of stuff, but you have to engage with them and ask them, are you feeling this? Are you feeling this on the next one? And then, you know, because they can mimic what you just did without feeling it in their core or in their obliques or that kind of stuff. So it's real important that, you know, you slow down the process, especially with someone just starting out or an older person, so they know how it's, how it's supposed to feel in each each part of it to get the most out of it. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's always someone out there who's like, wait, so you're saying we're, we, we have to get rid of isolated muscle training completely. What if someone is injured? What if someone is weak? What if the, 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 and I always tell them, you know, everything is always case dependent. And, and of yeah. course there's always a phase for isolated muscle training. And of course, even within all these compound movements where we do different movement patterns, you will still zoom in on the body part that's weaker than the other. For example, perhaps your shoulder is not stable as, uh, as stable as it was before. And, and so in those cases we would zoom in, but overall uh, we're talking about compound functional movements yeah um i think you mentioned that a lot of your clients were like way over 40 but from from even your youngest one to your oldest ones is your training style still kind of the same do you still see the benefit for you know a 70 year old doing these kind of compound movements obviously to what what they can handle and and weight wise or do you kind of do a different philosophy for 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 different age categories yeah, so just a bit of background. Currently, I, I work mainly at two studios in Hong Kong. So the first place is a private club. And and at that private club, the average age is 68 or 69. So if you train like, a, so I, I train like five or six 40 odd years old 
clients, those are considered really young in the club. Yeah. Because most people are in their in their sixties. And and at the other studio, I train ma- mainly 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, wow. and a couple of teenagers. And wow. and so I really do train the full you spectrum. Got the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool because that means I I I just get to train everybody and everything is always fresh. But in terms of the things we do, it's actually the same. Like staff wow. at, at the private club asked me all the time, wow, so with all these uh with all these people that are more mature and, and older, obviously, do you do different things because uh, they might have knee issues, they might have back issues, etc. Because usually that's the biggest concern, right? Oh, is this going to hurt my back if it's too intense? No, we do the same thing, just perhaps a, a uh, lower volume, meaning perhaps uh, lower sets and lower load. So definitely not as heavy as the 20-year-old who's trying to build some muscle. But in terms of the things we do, it's actually the same. Wow. And uh, do you kind of have like a, a format that you use for everybody? Like mine is, you know, as soon as they get in, you throw them on the cardio, just easy cardio to warm up the body. We're not over here. We're not too big on stretching, at least in the beginning. Um, so we warm up. Then I put my clients on the ground and do core work and and simple body movements, that kind of stuff. And then we go into the the circuits of uh, exercises. And in, I usually do between three and four circuits, depending on their you know, their level and how fast they can do it. And then I always throw uh, cardio in between. We call it circuit training. Um, what's what's kind of your style? Yeah, if anyone has a piece of paper, please bring it out now because uh, this is where this is usually where I do the workshops on. And usually, so for the warm-up, instead of doing cardio, I think um, – because in the initial assessment, we would have identified what's the weakness. And in the beginning five minutes, that's what we work on. Because the, the goal is, sure, we might not correct the problem in just five minutes, but we can make it 1%, 2%, 3% better. Yeah. But, and, yeah. and we know that by just being slightly better, it's going to minimize or it's going to at least decrease the rate, uh, the, the chances of injury. And so for most people that I work with, obviously the hunchback posture or our hips are usually tilted forward from, from sitting so much. So what I'll usually have them do is foam roll um, the, the front side of the body or use a massage gun just so they can open a bit more. And we're going to do some light back exercises just to activate the back so that they can open up um, their shoulders and, and get their head, get their neck back back in place. And then from that, it's the same as you. So I do some core activation work. Um, mainly, I, I teach them to resist rotation, uh, resist movement before producing movement. What do I mean by that? Well, if you think about the spine, the spine is able to move in different directions. And this is producing movement because I am moving in different directions. But if you think from an injury prevention perspective, my spine also has to be able to resist movement because today you might bump into someone on the street. You might get into the, you might get into a fight with someone, although unlikely, um, or you might be falling down or you might trip and, and you might have uh, the urge to fall down, but it is the ability to resist movement in the spine. It is the quick activation that kind of activates the protective mechanism of different muscles. So what we'll do, we'll work on uh, some rollout, which actually um, resists my spinal extension, because when you do like an at wheel rollout, you, you want to extend, but you don't. Or we might do some carries, because when you carry a heavy kettlebell on just one side or both sides, your spine wants to tilt one way. And so you must work hard to resist that lateral flexion. And third is to be able to resist rotation. So they might do, we might do some cable presses uh, or we call it the payoff press where I just press the cable out when the resistance is coming from the side so that I can stabilize my spine. 
so that's kind of the bulk of what we do for core training, just different movements, but it's always we work on producing and then reducing or resisting rotation. And then we, we, we get to the circuits. And when it comes to movement-based training, we distill everything into seven basic movement patterns. So we do squat, we do hinge, which is bending from the hips. When we bend down to pick up stuff from the floor, that's, that's the movement. And then third is push, pull, and then we work on rotation and like a step slash lunge. And, and so in my workout in different circuits that we do, I also do, I'm also a big fan of circuit training. Uh, we, we just try to incorporate everything in one workout. Um, so the goal is for the clients to feel like they've worked everything. And, and, and then the agility drills we throw in there occasionally, depending on the phase of training that, it, that they're in, because I try to train everyone like a professional athlete. So we do periodization. Uh, everyone generally kind of knows the theme of the day and we tend to stick to the theme just so they have a real experience of training. Yeah. Yeah. Some similar stuff and some different stuff too. Um, I think for mine, it's, you know, I keep the format I was just telling you, but you know, part of uh, running the gym cause I was on the gym owner side and, and running programs also to keep people excited and coming back and all that, even though maybe sometimes that's not, you know, exactly what they need every single time, but you also to run a business, you got to get these people in and, you know, you'll do uh, the class. Uh, we used to run a class called thighs, butts and guts. Cause we knew it just pitch to the girls and, you know, get them in, but you know, it works every time. Yeah. Works every but we time, still try man. to sneak in the, some upper body and all that on them just cause we know they need it. <laughs> No, that's good. And and actually, I, I'm a big fan of these bums classes because we, we know that most people from sitting so much that their, their hips are super weak relative to everywhere else. So it's always good for people to do more hips work as well as yeah. upper back, obviously. Exactly. Well, Andy, um, how can uh, some of my uh, listeners uh, find you on the website, social media? I know you're talking about your workshops. How do we how do we get a hold of you on those? Sure. Yep. So I, I actually recently wrote a book uh, called Dynamic Balance, and we look at the intersection between Chinese medicine and, and fitness. So if anyone is looking into learning more about the Chinese medicine perspective, feel free to take a look. The book is available everywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Hudson. I think it's even in Target now. So just take a look. Uh, when they, If they want to connect with me, I'm on Instagram, uh, Andy. So my Chinese name, T-S-Z-C-H-I-U-Andy. And my website is chichu.com, T-S-Z-C-H-I-U.com. And if they want to get in touch, just contact me through the website or on social media. I'd love to hear from you uh, regarding any questions that you may have. Awesome, awesome. And uh, I always put that out there, but everyone knows I'll put all these uh, links in the podcast description. So you don't need to be writing it down right now. You can just go on there later and just click on it and send you right over to Andy. But Andy, I just want to... Thank you for spending the time. I know it took us a little while of coordinating our, our uh, time zones, but I uh, really appreciate you jumping on the show with me. Oh, thanks for having me, Brad.